John chapter 4, look at verse 35. John chapter 4 and look at verse 35. And look what it says there in a very simple verse right there. And it says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. You know, Lord, you, we don't have to try to discover the harvest. You point the harvest right to us. Amen. And He yeah. says to us, all of us, to lift up our eyes because the harvest are read right in front of us. Amen. I pray, Father, help us to never forget that, to remember, Lord, that the, this world is a harvest field. Amen. And help us, Lord, to be willing to go and to reap the harvest. Lord, I pray, Father, if there's someone here, someone on social media watching us that never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may today they look upon you, Lord. We don't play church here. We preach the Word of God. And I pray, Father, that they will understand that it is something they need to discover. They need to discover you and find you for who you are, the Savior of mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight we're going to look at uh, uh, our theme for the month, of course. Uh, our theme for the year is refocus, and we need to refocus on what is important. You know one thing that is important? Uh, I'll tell you what, we cannot save the whole world. You don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed because we cannot, uh, I wish I could, we, can, we don't save anyone, but we, it's hard. I mean, today's date we have a way to proclaim God's word more than ever before. You can make yourself known through social media in the ways that 20 years ago you didn't have no means to do that. I mean, you, you know, but you can, and people see that. But I tell you what, the Lord says right here, lift up your eyes. Yep. He tells us, He's not telling the lost people to lift up their eyes. He's telling you and me, lift up your eyes and look at it. Amen. You know, because this is what's going on here. When we get out of our house, we're in the harvest fields. Yep, right. The people that you see in the highways, in the roads, and in the stores, most of them are lost. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. You work with people like people like I work every day, and the, the people that I deal with, most of them are lost. Mm-hmm. I know one person that is a, is a Christian is, is about two, two football fields away from me and two other Christians. But besides that, you see these people and your heart just... Over them, and you tell them, and you tell them, you know what is one thing that we need to understand? There's such thing as plant a seed. There's such thing as plant a seed. Sometimes the soil is not very deep, but such thing as plant that seed. And there's such thing as water that seed. Let that seed germinate. Let that seed germinate. And let that seed turn into a beautiful plant. Oh, and then somebody can come and harvest that thing. But sometimes some, some seeds take longer to grow than others. But you know what? We just don't plant the seed and just leave the seed to die with no water. So we need to look at the fields. The Lord says to us, lift up your eyes. Because here's the fields right there. Amen. You know, and there was Jesus that looked at the multitudes. And the Bible says that they moved the heart of God. The God was full of compassion because they were sheep having no shepherd. You know, that's the way the world goes. 
Our world, we in the state of our world today on which people are going, whatever current, the people goes right with it. And where we are as Christians, where we are doing. I like what the missionary said this morning. It's not like New England is dead. It's like Christian people are not speaking. Wow, the truth is that. That hit me right in the heart too. You know, what about me? Dear Lord, am I doing everything that I can for you? So I believe most of us here uh, uh, are not farmers. You're not a farmer. I'm not a farmer. We're not farmers. Most of us get our vegetables from the grocery store. And one time I remember years ago, I told my kids and my kids in Sunday school that uh, the vegetables grow in the grocery store. They go, get out, pastor. Come on, they grow in the grocery store. I said, I'm telling you, you see that guy go put water on that thing? Sometimes it's automatic things go, as a dad, they grow there. And when you take it and buy it, it, they just keep growing. (laughs) Well, I mean, sometimes we live in a world today, we, we sometimes, you know, if you don't be careful, you might end up thinking that way. So, but actually it's not the truth. Vegetables, and then they grow in the farms, and they have people who plant those things, isn't it? You know, imagine if a farmer, I mean, my grandfather was a farmer. Imagine if a farmer plants the, puts the seeds on the ground and leave it there and never look at it anymore. You think he's going to have any crops out of that? No. Yeah, I mean, we know what happens there. <laughs> we know what happens there. You got the weeds, and you have to, you have to water those plants. And, you know, I, I remember that. I remember my grandfather, he was a very patient, he was a, he was a fisherman by trade, a farmer by part-time. That's how he was. He was always working. Maybe that's why I got it from him. <laughs> he was always working. Yeah, but yeah, I remember you go, and then I spent my summers in the farms with him, and he would plant his, his crops, and, and he very patient, waited, a very patient guy, waited and, and waited and, and worked the land and all that. But when harvest time came, it was like a switch. It just turned. The man was busy because here's one thing that he knew. If he didn't take care of the harvest, the harvest eventually, all that harvest of it would just rotten away. I remember one time he, he planted potatoes and, and, you know, like it was a slew of those things. And he was, there were, that man was concerned. He wanted that thing because he, he wanted to export that thing out of the field. And he finally did and he was praising God after that thing get out of there. But you see, there's a, there's a big thing about this thing, the harvest field. So we look at it today about lift up, lift up your eyes to the fields. Why should we lift up our eyes? Why should we lift up our eyes to the fields the way the Lord? You know why? Because if you don't lift up your eyes, you just don't see. If we don't lift up our eyes, we just don't see. So we need to lift up our eyes. So let's look at this from several points this morning, or tonight, I'm sorry, about the harvest field. So lift up your eyes. Number one, the harvest time is now. Now is the harvest. Look what it says. Say, uh, uh, say naive, they are yet four months, and then come at the harvest. And as an experienced farmer knows exactly when the time of the harvest, uh, a, a, a time to plant his crops and a time to harvest his crops. So Jesus here uses the concept of farmers to teach a valuable lesson. He's talking to people that understand farming. And I know a lot of us don't understand what farming is. He's, he's practical. Actually, I love the Gospels. Don't you love the Gospels? I mean, you look at Mark, Luke, and John, and like, you know, that's very, our Jesus is very simple in his teachings. You know why? Because he wants to reach the heart of every soul. You know, that per, a person has so down on themselves to say, God does not understand me. Yeah, God does understand you. So he's right, he's very practical. He looks at uh, the people that are listening to him and said, lift up your eyes, look it up. 
In this verse, Jesus summarized to his disciples what just happened to a woman in Samaria. And as many of the people, if you look at the passage right here, he's, it's just, he just all, goes all through Samaria, and he sits at the well in a public place. He sits down, and he just witnessed this one-on-one right there, this, I mean, uh, 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 witnessing. So he witnessed this woman, and they come and they marvel at what they see. How could Jesus talk to a Samaritan woman? You know why? Because the gospel have no barriers. You know, like, oh, I don't go to that country because, oh, you know, I don't go to that people. Because... No, 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 no. The gospel has no barriers. The gospel is to go everywhere. Those things about these Calvinists that only took some people to go to heaven. I'll tell you what. I know a God, a God of the Bible, that is for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's what it is. So the harvest, I mean, the gospel has no barriers. Everyone can go to heaven if they so one. The, the, the message of salvation is there. The, the, Jesus paid the, the, the price for salvation, and salvation is available to whosoever will. Amen. So the Samaritans, who is a mixed race, or, <clears throat> I'm sorry, of part Jews <coughs> and part Gentiles, I'm sorry, that grew out of the Assyrian captivity. <coughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm losing my voice here. So in activity to the ten northern tribes in 1727 B.C., so they were subject to the Jews because they could not prove their genealogy. So the Jews looked down at these people, and some of them even avoid these people altogether. And we see Jesus here goes purposely to Samaria. And of course, his disciples coming with them. So there was a division between Jews and Samaritans in those days. So the Jews had no dealings with them. Can you imagine? I have no dealings with you, so I don't give you the gospel. I don't care if you die and go to hell. That is the worst thing a Christian can say. So Jesus, in in this passage, teaches a lesson to all of us that the gospel message is not for select few, but for all people. So what we do in our missions uh, uh, missions month, we try to teach the church, uh, all us collectively together, that the gospel message ought to go into the other most parts of the earth. And I like what the missionary said this morning, so I give my money, I'm all set. Oh, no, no, no. What about you being part of it? But God, because God says in Matthew, go ye. I like what he said. Let, let me translate it this English. You go. <laughs> and I go. We ought to go. You know? Listen, folks, it is a corporal evangelism. It is a, a, a uh, individual evangelism. You can go to a grocery store and talk somebody, to somebody about the Lord as one-on-one evangelism. They're great. They are time where the church gets together and do that with some different activities, different things. So Jesus in this passage right here teaches a lesson for all of us. You know what? Jesus came with the, me- with the message. He came to... Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so Jesus teaches a message, uh, a lesson to all of us here is that we are to go. And he said, lift up your eyes. So the harvest is not just for a select few, but the whole world. I mean, the harvest, I'm sorry, it's not just a select few of people, but the whole world. Jesus goes against, like I said, against the very Jewish teaching and displayed to everyone that everyone is welcome to God's table. Jesus makes it plain, plainly that salvation is available to all people. You see, to the Jew, to the Jew Samaritans, it was like a half-breed. You were treated like dogs now. I don't think any uh, of us will be ha- very happy knowing that someone else would treat uh, you like a dog. You don't want to be treated that way. That's disrespectful, isn't it? We, we see in this passage, Jesus is, in his journey, goes through, uh, goes through Samaria, 
with a purpose. He's teaching his disciples something, and he's teaching us as a church the same thing, that it is important to reach to all people. Look, folks, it goes like this. Everybody is somebody. Everybody is somebody. We should not look, you know, the world look at people based on status. If the person is, is a homeless, destitute, no, no, he's a human being made in the image of God. He's somebody in the eyes of God. Why we should look away from it and say, oh, no, no. They need Jesus as much as another one that is rich. So, as we see in this passage, Jesus in his journey, like I said, through Samaria, uh, goes through Samaria because he has a divine appointment. I love those divine appointments with a woman of Samaria. And his disciples go to town to buy food. Here's one thing right here that Jesus teaches these disciples. Jesus sits at the well and talks with this woman about salvation. The disciples go, they go to town. I know many people that meet in town. They go there with one purpose, to buy food. They come back and they marvel at what they see Jesus doing. But they forgot how many people they came in contact with. And none of them told anybody about Jesus. What a lesson for us to learn too, how we get so preoccupied with our own life that we forget who we are and what we should be doing and we forget that people need the Savior as much as we do. So we go in and out many different places, and the days go by, and we never witness to anyone. We never tell anyone about Jesus. The disciples learned a big lesson here. They said they're marvel, like, wow, look at that. Look what it says right here, actually. Uh, and the result here, this woman gets saved. Look, it says in John 4.24, it says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, this woman, I mean, Jesus look, points at her and tells her, and the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, which is called Christ. When he, when he, uh, he is come, he will tell all th- uh, us all things. And Jesus said unto her, look what he says, I that speak unto thee am he. Wow, what a statement. Jesus said, the one that you just mentioned, the Messiah, I am He. At this point, this woman puts her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ immediately. Become, because, uh, uh, so to speak, she becomes a missionary because what happens to her? Here's what happens to her. The disciples went to town. They didn't say anything. She went to town, and she didn't know as much as they did. With the little that she knew, she went to the whole town about it. She went and she got the whole town back so Jesus could tell them about. So, folks, when we consider the little, the little spiritual truth that this, this, will, uh, uh, this woman had, she, had she, she just got saved, but her zeal to witness drove her to town. She put her shame aside, and she just went to town and told them about the Messiah. God used this woman, simple testimony, and many of the people believed on her, and many came out of the, uh, uh, to, to, to meet Jesus themselves. The Bible tells us they went, they, uh, they, they went they, when they heard, they went to see what Jesus was saying. So you see, Jesus teaches his disciples, like I said, a great lesson here, and to me and you as well. We, many times, go, all of us going through the, uh, and include myself in this, going in our ways of life, and we forget what we should be doing. You say, Pastor, so you tell me that I should go and witness to people every day? Every time you have an opportunity, yes. Yes. 
The Bible says, go ye. The question is for each one of us, where is the zeal to see the lost get saved? Where is the enthusiasm of sharing with others what the Lord have done for us? On the other hand, Jesus did not look of who uh, they were, half Jews. He didn't look at their status and who they were. He looked at people that need a Savior. If we look that way, if we look at people who need a Savior, I'll tell you what, we don't look at, at languages, cultures, colors. We, we look at human beings. By the way, one thing is we have the human race, which needs a Savior. We too have to keep in mind that, in the, same, that the, same, the time of the harvest is now and that we should never look down at people because of language, color, neither religion, but as people who need a Savior. Look what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You may be thinking, the fields of the world are enormous. How can we, we, uh, we, how can we reap so great a harvest? I can't do that by myself. You know what you do? You do your part. I do my part. We reap what? One at a time. One at a time. We witness one at a time. You know, I mean, times in my job at tour, you know, uh, I see one person that is interested and maybe it comes three or four and I begin to joke about it. You know what I do? I, my mind is on that person right there. And I'm going to keep, keep at it because so I don't deviate. I just keep at it. Let the other ones listen. I witnessed that man in a deathbed, and he died a couple of weeks later, a week later. And his brother, in the middle of my, me saying things, he says, my brother is not a sinner. He never sinned. That would cause anybody enough to just to do, you know what, I kept going at it. You know what, because he needed to hear the gospel as much as the other one. So we need to just keep going at it. You do your part, one person at a time. We reap one at a time. The Christian life, listen folks, is a proactive life. Sitting around talking about it is one thing, but sitting around planning and do something about it is another thing. So what we do, we go at it. So the the harvest fields are right before our eyes, and we must get involved because there is an urgency. You see, why is an urgency? Because people are dying every day. They need a Savior. You say, Pastor, this is overwhelming. I cannot save everyone. No, you don't do no saving. You know, we do our part. Our part is to go and tell. While they receive it, that's not your responsibility. You, you got that? Our part is to go and tell how they receive it is not your responsibility. It's their responsibility. You are a messenger of the gospel. Amen. You give the gospel out. How they receive it, that's right. you're not the recipient. You're the deliverer. Yep. So everyone can, can have part in the harvest. Look what it says in First, actually, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Look what it says there. I think it's very good. I mentioned that right in the beginning of the message. It says there, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and verse 7. It says right there, it's a good passage. I said, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You see, Paul said, I planted, Apollos put the water in, but God gave it the increase. So then neither he that planted any... Uh, I'm sorry, let me get my glasses here. So, so then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered, but God that gave it the increase. The harvest involves the letter A, a time for commitment. 
It takes great commitment in part of the soul as he goes and prepares the fields and the ground. It takes, it takes commitment to go and tell, to get out of our comfort zone and go and tell someone about the Lord. You know, like, you know, so uh, it, it takes, it takes, it gets you out of comfort zone. If you mind your own business, you walk in the store and the Lord says, give a track to that person. Give a track to that person. Tell them something about the Lord. And you go and you walk the other way. And guess what? You, you turn the other aisle. And guess who's in the other aisle? The same person. And you go, uh, and you know what? The Lord is telling you, it, it gets you out of your comfort zone because sometimes in your flesh, you don't want to do it. You know, uh, my, my, you know what? Go and do it. It takes commitment to say, Lord, it's not my will, your will. Lord, I know I have to die to myself because in my own flesh, I don't want to do it. But Lord, I'm be committed to you. So our job is not to figure out who can be saved or who cannot be saved. Because, uh, because we are not God, our job is to spread the seed of the Word of God in the hearts of men. When the sower spreads the seed on the soil, he spreads it liberally. Isn't that a good word? He spreads liberally. Yesterday, I was throwing seeds in my, in my, with my grandson. We were working, we were doing a flower bed there. And, and some part of the, the ground, I, I tilted out and put some seeds. You know how I did it? I spread the seeds liberally. You know, like it just, just throw it out there. I, I said, some for the birds, some, for the, some to grow up. Because that's what birds do, right? You put the seeds and they'd be picking on your seeds. So you just give some for the birds and some for, you know, they would grow up. But you know what? We need to be committed for a cause. What is the cause? The Lord. The harvest field. Let it be a time for dedication. Without dedication, the soul won't plant any seeds. What moves the soul to plant the seeds is the results. Okay, so why do I go and witness to people? Why do I go and tell people about Jesus? It's the results, folks. What's the result? Heaven, isn't it? You take somebody from the cesspools of sin of this world, from the, from the hands of Satan, and you place that soul in a way to heaven. That's the result. And you know what? When we do that, guess what happens? Even the heavens, even the angels of heaven rejoice because you know what? We're done here doing the work of the Lord. It is a result. Amen. So we have to look about the result. So when the soul plants something in the ground, what's the result? Why does he work hard? Because he knows it's a harvest. That's why. Why you put beans on the ground? Because you know you're going to have a harvest. Why you put potatoes on the ground? Because you know you're going to have a harvest. Why are we going to tell people? Why we got to go to the harvest? Because we know there is a result there. It is a fruit that comes out. And out of the harvest comes the next preachers, the next evangelists, the next, the next uh, uh, pianists, the, the next, uh, next churchgoers. All that people come out of that if we invest on them. Listen, when somebody came to my house and told me about Jesus, I had no idea that I was going to become a preacher. No idea. It never passed in my mind. I was just like, okay. You know, I listened to this guy. And, you know, I went to church. Never passed in my mind. But you know what? That's what God does. So he's always, we invest because it's a time of dedication because it's a result. We dedicate because it's a result. So let it be, we see, a time to be patient. Or let us see, a time to be patient. Listen, folks, as we look at the harvest, is we got to be patient. But the, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I have planted, Apollos watered. You see, you know what? You plant the seed. Water needs to put in that seed. Let that seed germinate. It is the harvest fields. Some are ready to reap. 
Others we planting, others are watering. It's all coming together all at the same time. So it's a time to be patient. We need to be patient with people. Folks, this thing about one, two, three, get saved, praise the Lord when that happens. What about those we pray, we, they hear the gospel, they hear the gospel, they hear the gospel, and you say, when in the world that person is going to get saved? You know what? Be patient. It can be frustrating, but you know what? Be patient. So, the time of the harvest. Number two, the harvest, great reality. Look what it says there in John 4.35, it says, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look into the fields. And actually, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, actually, go to Matthew 9.36. I want you to see the, uh, from the eyes of the Lord how he looks to the harvest. He tells us in, in John chapter 4.35, for us to lift up our eyes and look into the fields. Now look at uh, Matthew 9.36, it says, And when he saw the multitudes, who saw the multitudes? The Lord Jesus saw the multitudes. When he looked at them, look what it says, He was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he, uh, he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Look what it says, Here's our Jesus' prayer request. Pray ye therefore. The Lord of the harvest, that He will send forth labors into His harvest. So many of us go through our everyday routine of life, minding our own business, doing our own things, and day by day goes by, and one day after another day goes by, and we, many of us, forget the harvest fields. No farmer, when harvest time comes, ignores or forgets the harvest. No farmer forgets that. After all that hard work? No, they don't. Actually, when harvest comes, he prepares himself with many workers as, as he can in equipment to go and get the crops out of the fields. He doesn't postpone harvesting his crops. It goes right in the right time. For the harvest time, uh, for the farm, the harvest time is hard work, a time uh, of no excuses. The same thing for us. God says to you and me, go ye. Where should we go? He said it this morning. Our neighborhood, the whole state of Rhode Island, the whole America, the whole world. They say, Pastor, I can't do that. No, that's why we have missionaries. That goes to places we don't go. But we ought to be in the harvest fields every day. You know what? Every day the Lord gives us is a blessing, isn't it? Every day is a blessing. Every day because we don't know if we're going to have tomorrow. We have this day, this hour, this minute. You know what? The Lord wants us to be with that mindset of telling someone about Him. Tell them, when you go to the, you go to the grocery store, you, there's many people around. The Lord lays in your heart, you got a track, hey, I got something you want, I want you to read. Oh, just talk to them about Jesus. He said, people don't want to hear. A lot of times people don't want to hear because we never talk. How we know they're going to hear? I like what he said this morning. We live in New England. If you start talking to people, people will look at you. And I tell you what, I, I talk with people. It's not as cold as people think New England is. If you say something to people, people open up to you. You've been there? People open up to you. So later we see the invitation to look up. In our text that says, lift up your eyes. In other words, chins up. Pay attention. Look up. Look into the fields. Don't walk around with your eyes looking at the ground, avoiding and ignore the reality of the harvest. Jesus tells us to lift up our eyes so we, don't, we can see the reality of the harvest. What's the reality of America, folks? Why 
spiritually speaking, why is America in the condition that it is? God is not part of many homes anymore. You follow that? God has been invited out of homes. Then you see what's going on. Look, look at the condition from the government down. Look at the, spiritually speaking, look at the condition of America. And the Lord tells me and you, lift up your eyes. And you say, Pastor, I can't fix that. No, but God can. God calls us to go and tell. He didn't tell us to fix people's lives. We don't know how to. We don't, can't even fix our own. Might as well fix other people's lives. But let me tell you this. God tells us to look up. Look at the condition of the harvest. And by looking at, we see what they need. They need Jesus. Amen. That's what they need. Amen. So the invitation to look up. We are called to go tell the simple message of salvation. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 18, it says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which have I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. God says for us to go and tell. So go and tell what? Where we go and tell? We bring in this gospel message, and if you go and tell, you're just a messenger. What they do with your message is not your responsibility. Your responsibility in mind is to go and tell. We have a message to give to the world, and we open our mouths and give our message. How they receive it, that's up to them. What about those? Sometimes they sit here at church and they've been, they listen to the gospel over and over and over again. It's not my responsibility how they receive it. What they do with it, that's up to them. You see, we are to be messengers of the gospel. The missions is the heartbeat of God. And He commends all of us, us, the church, to obediently follow what He says. He commends us to go. And it's not an option thing. It's a command. God commands us to go and tell the world about this great gospel message, a message that changes people's lives. So you see, when it comes to missions and the harvest fields, either, either uh, uh, here, here or at home or far in other, in other countries, the message is the same thing. They need to hear. They need to hear the wonderful message of salvation. Let it be the invitation to look on. God invites us to look on. He says, look on the fields. He invites you and me to take a look at the fields. He says, I already, did, I already look at the fields. I know how they look like. Look for yourself. Look at the fields. So the Bible tells us, us to look in the fields. A farmer knows when it's time to harvest because their eyes are constantly alert, constantly looking on the fields. Not only we are to lift our eyes, but we are to look deep in the fields and see what's going on. When Jesus looked at the multitude, when he looked at the harvest, the Bible says that it moved the heart of God. God was moved. Literally, Jesus was brokenhearted when he looked at the condition of people. It doesn't move your heart when you see people lost around you. When you open your mouth and you see they're so far away from God. It touches my heart every time you talk about the Lord and some of them even curse God right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it breaks your heart. You say, how could you be so far removed that you even curse God? Right. Right. Folks say, wow, that, 
Folks, I'm telling you, there are people that curse God right to my face. Folks, there's a big difference between lifting up our eyes and looking into the, with detail into the fields. Actually, the Lord commands us to do both. Let me give you an example here. This is an example so you can understand what I'm talking about here. Two journalists arrive at the scene of an accident to write a report. Okay? Uh, one wrote this way. Early this morning, there was an accident on uh, uh, Highway 95 South with the result of three uh, uh, vehicles piled up. Police was called to the scene in order to move the traffic in a clean, to a, and clean the area. That's one journalist. The second journalist when, uh, wrote the same report, saw the same thing, same accident. He says, Highway 95 was the scene of a great tragedy this morning. An accident involving three cars was the cause of five people losing their lives and another four being rostered to the hospital in critical condition. Police shut down the highway for almost three hours in order to free people from the cars and clean the debris caused by the accident. As time went on, many people get out of their cars and just waited around talking with one another like good old friends. Folks, here's what we see here. Two journalists. They both saw the same thing, but two different reports. Why is that? One take just a look. The other one looked deeply at the situation. That's why we have two different reports. One was detailed because he was looking at it. The other one was just kind of brush it off because we just glance at it. It's one way to look, another way to glance. And that's the difference right here. The same thing about the harvest. When the Lord tells us to uh, lift up your eyes, He's actually inviting you and me to look deep into the harvest and to see the heart of man in the condition. He look, he, he, he's inviting us to see, look, because I already looked and I was moved. God is already crying when He saw the condition of mankind. And He tells you and me, look for yourself at the condition. That's what God wants us to do as Christians, to look at the condition of the lost and see what they need. Folks, go back a little bit. You were there one time too. You were part of that harvest. Somebody came to you and gave you that wonderful story, that wonderful gospel message, and you receive it. I'm one of them too. I received that gospel message with great joy. And it taught that, you know what it did to me? It transformed my life. It transformed my life. We see, let us see the request to pray on. We see this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. It says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Why would Jesus make such a prayer request? Why would Jesus ask us to pray to the Lord of the, to the, uh, to the, Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest? Don't we see the problem? What is the problem? Don't we see the, don't we see the condition of the harvest? Why do we need to pray for the, for the, uh, for the Lord to send uh, people into His harvest? You know why? Because God is calling workers. You get this? Very few are willing to go. God calls people to the harvest every day. He invites us to look into the harvest. But he says he's praying that we have, he, he, asks, he gives us a prayer request to pray to the Lord of the harvest so he can send people into his harvest. God is sending people every day. But many people know the call, but they want nothing to do with it. They don't want to go. I'm a missionary said this morning, he knows churches by name that have no pastors. 
because no one wants to pastor anymore. Isn't that sad? So we have many churches throughout this country who don't have no pastors because people are not answering the call. Some people sometimes are sitting right in the church and they don't have a pastor there and they don't want nothing to do with it. Number three, almost done. The harvest present present condition. See, for they are white, the Bible says in verse 35, and ready to harvest. Jesus teaches this, his disciples a hard lesson here. We say that no one wants to hear anyone. God says, lift up your eyes. We say no one wants to hear anymore about the gospel. No, one's, no one wants to know about churches anymore. Nobody wants, everybody wants to live the way they want. You know what? God says, lift up your eyes. Who are we going to listen to? The ways of the world or what God says? God says to you and me, lift up your eyes. Look into the harvest. His disciples, just like most of us many times, went to the village, bought food, went back, had no thought about giving the gospel to anyone. And what Jesus was doing when they came back? Jesus is witnessing to a woman. What a lesson. Look what it says in John chapter 4, verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled and he that he talked with this woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or, Why talkest thou with her? The Bible tells us they marveled. It means to wonder, to admire, to be surprised. They were surprised that a Savior was talking to a lost person. You see, in their own thinking, they had to marvel because Jews had no deals with Samaritans. Even more, I was not coming for a Jewish man to speak to a Samaritan woman. Jesus here teaches the disciples that the gospel of Jesus Christ has no bound uh, by the race, not bound by language or by culture or by colored skin, neither is bound by conflicts between people and nations. The gospel message is a gospel for all people at all times. Absolutely. So the gospel is freely given to reach anyone. Two things here that Jesus teaches us. The harvest fields are white. Jesus teaches us they are the apostle lift our eyes because the harvest fields are ready. Are ready. It tells us they are white, ready for the reaping or for the picking. Number two, they are ready. It says, verse 35, ready to harvest. When people say today that nobody cares anymore about hearing the gospel, neither go to church, neither uh, they are lying to themselves or they are naive. In every generation of people, there are always those who reject and those who accept. Since the beginning of time till today, there are always people who have rejected the free gift of God and people who accepted, you needed the, you accepted the gift of God. I tell you what, the older I'm getting, the more I think about this, the urgency of the gospel and how much people need the Lord, how much wasted time we have in our own lives and how much we need to give the gospel to people. People need Jesus. That's the need out there. People need Jesus. And folks, let me put it this way. I cannot reach the whole world by myself. I need my church family behind me. Otherwise, how are we going to reach? Collectively as a church, yes. Individually, I'm for that every day. You follow that? Individually, I'm, I'm every day at it. I get up in the morning and say, Lord, give me one. Give me one today, every day. Lord, give me one. That's what I want to do. I want to tell people about Jesus. But collectively... We can do so much for the Lord 
collectively. So how we do that? We need to get behind and get in this mission thing so we can send missionaries throughout the world. We need to get together as a church. When we have things that we need in the church, get together so we can reach the lost. Otherwise, one person cannot do everything by themselves. We need each other. Collectively, we can do so much together for the Lord. I conclude with this. The harvest are before our very eyes. The harvest are perishing before our very eyes. And God says, lift up your eyes. He tells you and me, lift up your eyes. You know, he's like, I'm a Christian. I mind my own business. I do my things, you know. I don't care what they believe or they don't believe. You know what? That's not what God says. God doesn't say to me and you, I do my own thing. It's my own prerogative. I know what I want to do. You know, God says, you lift up your eyes and you go. That's what he says. There's no way in the Bible that you see, you see the words, and thou shall not speak. It's not there. It says, it says, lift up your eyes, and it says, look into the fields, and it says, go ye. So we have a mission, and our mission is to go and tell. The results are not up to us, up to God. If we go that way, we tell people about it, and leave the results to God, I think we can get in that way of looking at the horrors more often. I think we're too concerned about the results before we even get there. Or oh, what people are going to say? Oh, you know, they're going to, I'm afraid to go to that point. And then we put these things in our minds. It's not what God says. God, God says to you and me, go ye. Go. He doesn't say anything else. He doesn't say, you know what, don't go to that person, don't go to that person. He says, go. And we go to the rich and the poor, the destitute, middle class, rich class, whoever they are, they need Jesus. You know why? Because the rich die and the poor die, and they both meet in the same place, in the ground. That's where everybody goes. You know what? They need the Savior. That's what they need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for the gospel, Lord, and that wonderful message that we can hear from there, Lord. It, it saved us. It transformed our lives. And it can change the lives of so many people today. I pray, Father, help us to lift up our eyes every day to look into the fields. And, Lord, to see the harvest through your eyes with compassion. And, Lord, the way those people live is because they don't have a Savior. And I pray, Father, help us to be full of compassion, to love people enough to tell them the truth that Jesus saves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.